It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And this is the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, September the 22nd, 2022. My name is Greg Gwynn. Joining me tonight on the Virtual Bible Study, Josh McCord. Greg, good to be here. Great to have you here. Look forward to our study together. Behind the board, as always, our good buddy Kyle Barnes. Kyle? Yeah, it's good to be here. Thanks for helping us out with all the technical stuff, as you always do. Uh, want to do a little bit of housekeeping before we uh, get into our study for tonight. We've got a gospel meeting coming up at College View just, a, just slightly over two weeks away. It begins on October the 9th, Sunday, October the 9th. And runs through Friday night, October the 14th. We're going to be having different speakers each day. On Sunday, our speaker will be Jeff Henderson. Jeff preaches for the Oakland Church in Limestone County, Alabama. We'll have our regular Sunday morning times, 9.30, 10.30. He'll bring lessons at both hours. We'll meet at 2.30 on Sunday afternoon. And so that's Sunday. Then Monday through Friday will be at 7 o'clock each night. Monday night, Josh McKibben. Tuesday night, uh, oh me! <laughs> now I'm now I'm drawing blank. Kevin Maxey, uh, Wednesday night. I know Wednesday night. Our buddy Jacob, <laughs> Jacob Gwynn will be preaching for us on Wednesday night. Thursday night, our friend Jim Michaels from Lewisburg, Tennessee, and then on Friday night, uh, we're going to have a instead of a sermon, we're going to have a congregational singing, and uh, Jim Deason, well known to. Most all of us here in Middle Tennessee, an excellent song leader. Jim will come all the way from Coleman, Alabama, to lead our singing on Friday night, October the 14th. It's, I think it's laid out to be a great gospel meeting. And if you are uh, anywhere within a driving distance of Columbia, Tennessee, we hope that you'll come and join us for our gospel meeting. It, it, it should really be good. You won't be sorry if you do. Now, we're going to give this caveat But we don't want anybody abusing the opportunity. If you can't come or if you're too far away, Kyle, I'm sure we'll be trying to live stream those sermons uh, each uh, at each service. There won't be a paywall, so you can just no paywall. It's all free. (laughs) But you know what we ought to do? We ought to do like the uh, the sports teams do and have a blackout uh, range. You know, that's right. If if you were within. 40 or 40, 50 miles of Columbia, you're blacked out. You've got to come in order to see it. We haven't perfected that technology yet, (laughs) but uh, if you can drive here, come. It'll be better. But if you can't, watch us on YouTube. College View live stream. Okay. So we have kind of an unusual topic, I think, for consideration tonight. Uh, And uh, I, I just simply sent out to the update list this topic, New Testament reasons to study the Old Testament. And so I ask... For our email update recipients, and if you're not one, get on the list by uh, sending us an email to questions at collegeview.com, 
and just say, add me to your list. Earlier today to our update list, we got put out these questions. Comment, give examples, and cite New Testament scriptures that illustrate these reasons for studying the Old Testament. I'm, I'm not going to go through them all here at the start, uh, uh, Josh, but we'll just start with the very first one. We should study the Old Testament scriptures because we're supposed to imitate the examples of godly people. Now, that seems like a reasonable proposition that that's what we ought to be doing. But the New Testament actually gives us that instruction. Any thoughts on that? Well, the, my first thought was Hebrews 11. And, and it's really hard to pick out what verses to talk about in Hebrews 11 because, the you know, it's sort of the Hall of Fame of faith. But Hebrews 11, verse 6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So that's kind of the the verse that we're talking about faith, and that's what you need to please God. And the rest of the chapter, well, the majority of the rest of the chapter is talking about here's what that looks like. So what's that there for? Why does the inspired word have Hebrews 11 in it if it were not for the fact that all of these worthy examples are out there for us to learn from That's and right. imitate. Right, and there's just example after example. Real-world people just like you and me that lived on this earth who had faith in God, and and he reminds of the Old Testament story of what they did. Uh, and so, I, I mean, just the whole chapter is so profound. And you know what's interesting is there's not any New Testament characters yeah. mentioned in Hebrews 11. I know. Now, I know. there are great heroes of the faith in the New Testament that mm-hmm. we could talk about, and we do, but Hebrews 11 deals exclusively with Old Testament characters that we should learn from. Yeah. So if we didn't have the Old Testament, we came to Hebrews 11, well, what, what did they do? But we can look at their story. We can see what they did. Even, I mean, so like Noah, even in very difficult circumstances, only him and his immediate family uh, were the ones that were saved. But you see his faith by obeying God, uh, and him and his family were saved. And so that teaches us. Yeah. yeah, you know, there's there's always value to imitating successful people. That's right. Uh, I mean, that's true in any field, in business, uh, in sports. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So you see, you see this very successful athlete, and he's he's drawing big money with a major league contract, and you see how he does something, mm-hmm. and you want to do it like him. A preacher friend of mine uh, told me uh, uh, this has been a good while back, but he he was out in the yard playing catch with his son, and. And he, he, he kind of watched him there for a minute. He said, are you spitting? Every time the kid took the ball and his, his glove got ready to throw it, he, he, he leaned over and spit. Well, he had seen that on, that's on what the, they do on TV. Yeah, that's what the, that's what the major leaguers do. He thought he should be doing that too. Yeah. Well, that's probably uh, an extreme, but the idea is you see successful people, you imitate them. Well, the Old Testament is full of numerous people who were successfully serving God in their yeah. lives. And they set an example for us to imitate. Uh, I was thinking of one, and you got you got you got uh, the classic text. I think there in Hebrews I took eleven, the easy one. you got these. <laughs> but here's another one. Here's here's a good one from James five verse sixteen, beginning: Confess your faults one to another, and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elijah was a man subject to like passages we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. It rained not on the earth by the space of three years. And six months, and he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Elijah is held up as an example of the efficacy of prayer. So, you know, again, what, what we're saying is the New Testament bears out that this is what we ought to be doing. We ought to be looking to those people who set worthy examples in the Old Testament yeah. and imitate them. You know, I really appreciate that example of Elijah because... 
So it, it says, you know, why, why was Elijah's prayer answered? Was it because he was a prophet of God and he had, you know, a closer connection to God? No, it said Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. He was a man just like us. And then his example of prayer and how it worked. And you know, it, it, there was no miracle involved in right. what happened. Yeah. He prayed, God withheld the rain. Right. He prayed again, God brought the rain. It wasn't like, you know, Elijah threw a rock into the into <laughs> right. the air and it caused it to rain it wasn't a miracle it wasn't a supernatural it was just the the results of prayer yeah. and and we're and we're told imitate elijah right all right got a couple of emails here from our uh, faithful correspondent kent in calhoun georgia he says we need to imitate the examples of the godly hebrews 11 gives some tremendous examples of old testament saints who lived faithful lives unto god noah abraham moses numerous faithful of the old testament set a proper example for us to follow and he cites the end of the chapter hebrews 11 beginning verse 32 where the hebrew writer simply says we don't even have time to talk about all of the faithful people uh so yeah again and and again, we're stressing, we find that in the New Testament. You know, you could just read your Old Testament. You could read in your Old Testament about great men like Joshua and say, I ought to be like Joshua. Joshua twenty four fifteen. choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I could just read that and say, yeah, I ought to do that. But then I read in the New Testament where Joshua is held up as an example. So we're saying the New Testament tells us to do what Logically, we ought to do anyway. Uh, uh, Dwight in Iowa says, in the book of Hebrews, we read chapter 11 of multiple people who lived in the Old Testament times and had great faith in God, which is a great way to show God to all. These people listed had a working faith that led them to be obedient. Hebrews 12 verse 1 says, therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and this encumbrance and the sin which does so easily entangle us and let us run with endurance the race which is set before us uh he says with these witnesses that we have they testify that it's possible for us to have this great faith so that we can run with endurance the race that is before us all right i i I think that 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 was sort of a softball to get us started off uh, josh uh but i i I think it's an important point Mm -hmm. all right so second question was a reason that the New Testament says to study from the Old Testament is to avoid the errors of those who were disobedient. Um, in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 6, beginning, he, uh, Paul had just been describing some of the failings of the Israelites. He says, these things were our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also left it. Neither be idolaters as some of them. And as, as is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happened unto them for examples they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come so in that text in first corinthians chapter 10 paul is listing a bunch of bad examples but did you notice what it said there these things happen to them for examples and they are written for our admonition where are they written in the Old Testament. They're written in the Old Testament. Yeah. And, and it's there for us to learn from uh, and benefit from. Yeah, no, it's interesting. He mentions it twice. 
uh, yeah. in verse 6 and in verse 11, he talks about being an example. Well, the King James Version says in samples in, yeah. in verse 11. Yeah. That's, what it, that's what it means. And, and I appreciate that verse 12 says, Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Take a look at these examples. I mean, these these are examples of people that think were thinking that they were standing, but they fell and they fell uh, bad. And so the example for us, as you said, uh, is is told here in the New Testament. Look back to these Old Testament characters that yeah. fell. All right, join us in, in this discussion. We're looking forward to hearing from you. We've got our email inbox open, and Josh is monitoring that. We also got the live chat room. Anything going on in the chat room, Josh? Yet? We're pretty quiet. Chat room is quiet. Get in the chat room. Talk it up uh, as we continue our study on the virtual Bible study. On this question of learning from the disobedient, Kent says the Old Testament gives us examples of those who were disobedient. Nadab and Abihu, Leviticus 10, King Saul, 1 Samuel 15, the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, Genesis 18 and 19. Pharaoh of Egypt, Exodus 7, verse 4. You know, great sermon. I, I, I imagine the people who are listening probably all could list multiple sermons they've heard on every one of those characters. Now, those are not good guys. Those are not people that we're supposed to imitate. But we can learn from the failures of others. I, 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 I read a, a quote. In fact, I put it in this coming Sunday's bulletin. Smart people learn from their mistakes. Smarter people learn from the mistakes of others. I thought that was pretty well good. said. You know, I don't have to repeat yeah. every mistake that's ever been made. Yeah. If I saw somebody else do it and it resulted in a calamity, a great failure, I'll learn from that yeah. and avoid it. Yeah, if I pay attention, I need to recognize it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Dwight in Iowa says we can read in the Old Testament of how God dealt with disobedient people. It shows us then and now that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It shows God is not a respecter of person. Uzzah in 2 Samuel 6, 6 was struck dead for just touching the ark. No one was to touch the ark, and yet God made an example of Uzzah with taking his life. Uzzah thought he was doing right, but we see where that got him. David's another great man that because of his sin, God dealt with him very harshly by the death of his son. I, I like those two examples that, that Dwight mentions there. You know, the case of Uzzah is a great one. Uh, and, and his was an act of disobedience. But what's really amazing there is that it was pure sincerity. Yeah, he thought he was doing a good thing. He, he thought he was right. He thought it was the right thing to do. You could, I mean, I think most people would have instinctively tried to prevent the Ark of the Covenant from falling off yeah, the car. let that fall. <laughs> yeah. And, and so I think it was pure sincerity, but it was still disobedient. Right. We can learn from that. Right. And, and religious people in our world today need to learn from that because we've got tons of people who are justifying their religious practice yeah. because they're sincere. Yeah. Well, you know, he... Well, if I remember right, I don't think he's the one that decided to put it on the cart, but it was put on the cart and it shouldn't have been. Yeah. But then he sinned by trying to reach out and touch it yeah. like he shouldn't have been. And so yeah. sin just sort of compounds and yeah, disobedience right. is punished. And so uh, we were saying earlier, you, you can you can really benefit by looking at successful people and imitating them. It's true spiritually. You see people in the Old Testament who were spiritually successful in their service to God imitate them. The New Testament tells us to imitate them. But you, you you also can benefit by by in our world today, if someone is is a horrible failure, maybe they maybe they tried to begin a business, and it it was just a train wreck from the get go. You could study their methods and say, "There's where they were wrong. That's what went bad. 
Don't do that. And there's a benefit from learning yeah. that kind of lesson, too. And the Bible is the same way. Yeah. We, we usually always either learn how to do things or how not to do things. Yeah. We just need to take it and apply it. Exactly right. Uh, Kyle, any thoughts over there? Oh, no, no. Yeah, we got it. All right. Let's grab a break. When we come back, we want to talk about how the Old Testament testifies to us about Jesus. That's really an important thing. We're going to pick up that discussion right after these messages. These guys are doing all of the talking. We need to hear from you. Call in now. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. Here's a quick thought and a challenge. Jesus taught, bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. Luke 6, verse 28. He not only taught it, he lived it even to the cross. Forgive them, for they know not what they do. It takes predetermined thought to have this mindset. Will you have that thought today? Seize the day. Here's some quotes worth pondering. If evolution were true, mothers would have more than two hands. Things turn out best for those who make the best of the way things turn out. We must all suffer from one of two pains, the pain of discipline or the pain of regret. The difference is discipline weighs ounces while regret weighs tons. Man, wish I'd said that. Missed a recent virtual Bible study program? Listen to any of our past programs from the archive section of our website. Now, back to the virtual Bible study. And we're back on the virtual Bible study, and we're talking about reasons we find in the New Testament that should motivate us to study the Old Testament. I hope this is not just a, a wasted subject on in people's minds, uh, Josh. I have personal experience through the years of some church members who complained if we would spend much time in Bible classes studying Old Testament scriptures. That's a waste of time. It's a waste of time to study the Old Testament because we don't live under that law anymore. How would you respond to them, Judd? Well, I mean, I, all all the things that are written down for us are God's word. All of it is profitable, uh, and all of it is useful. And, and as we're looking here, we've, we're only a couple points in, but all the things we looked at can help me today, and it's yeah. Old Testament examples that can help me. Yeah. So, yeah, it's God's word. Maybe we don't live under the old law, but it was God's word. It's how he dealt with people, and we can learn from it. Exactly right. Uh, I, th- I, I actually really enjoy Old Testament studies. I think yeah. they're very beneficial. Obviously, we don't live under that law, and, and we all acknowledge that. There's nobody, nobody has any mistaken understandings of that. We don't live in a. We talked. You, you mentioned Noah a minute ago as a great hero of faith to learn from and imitate. We're not commanded to build an ark like Noah was. We, we all understand that, but what we see in Noah is a man of tremendous faith, and who was determined to be obedient. That's that's a good thing. I can learn from that. My, my law today is different than Noah's law was, but I can learn from how Noah related to God under that system and under that law that he was given. Yeah, different circumstances, but same purpose. We've got things that we've been tasked, we've been given by God. No matter how opposed we are, we've got to do it and have the courage and faith to do it. I, I think you're exactly right. Let's move on to our next point. The Old Testament testifies of Jesus. A reason that the New Testament gives 
to study the Old Testament is because the New Testament says that the Old Testament helps prove who Jesus is. Yeah. What do you think? Well, so <laughs> so the first thing I thought about was John 3, and maybe it doesn't prove who who Jesus is, but in, in John 3, I think everybody knows John 3:16. but I thought of John 3:14. Jesus said, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so the Son of Man uh, be lifted up, that whosoever believe in him should not perish but have eternal life. Then for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son. So I, that was the first thing that came to my mind. It may not prove who Jesus is, but the Old Testament example of Moses in the wilderness lifting up that serpent, and so the people, if they would look upon it, then they would live... Uh, Jesus was comparing that uh, to himself being lifted lifted up. So maybe that, maybe that's not the best example. That's the first well, thing I thought of. I'm really close in the, to that text that you just referenced in chapter five of John. Notice this plainly says it. John five thirty nine. Search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. Now in John five, when Jesus said, "Search the scriptures." What scriptures was he talking about? Well, he wasn't talking about the New Testament. He wasn't talking about the New Testament. hadn't been written yet. He had to be talking about the Old Testament scriptures. And so he said, search the scriptures. They are they which testify of me. So Jesus was saying to the people of his time, if you would just study your Old Testament scriptures, you'd be able to take what's said there, compare it to what you're seeing in me, and be convinced that I am the promised Messiah, the Son of God. So Jesus said, search the Old Testament scriptures, and it'll prove who I am. Yeah, a lot of, lot of foreshadowing. I mean, the story of Jonah uh, foreshadows. I mean, there's so much, so much foreshadowing. At Luke 24, verse 44, Jesus said, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. And he said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved. Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. Uh, so he was able to talk about the old law being fulfilled uh, by himself. Yeah, and it says he opened their understanding that they might understand the scripture. What yeah. scripture? Well, it had to be yeah. Old Testament scriptures because, as we said, New Testament hadn't been written yet. Right. And so he said he helped them understand how the Old Testament scriptures foretold of him and revealed his identity. Right. Now, I, I, I would just argue that uh, th- there are a lot of ways to prove that Jesus Christ is who he, who he claimed to be. But if you took away the Old Testament scriptures, and especially if you took away the Old Testament prophecies, you would lose one powerful uh, category of proofs concerning Jesus' identity. Right, sure. You know, there, we, we typically say that the Old Testament contained something just over 300 prophecies of the coming Messiah, and Jesus fulfilled them all exactly. That being the case, that's a powerful way to prove who he was. You know, uh, in Acts chapter 8, when uh, the evangelist Philip was, was teaching Ethiopian eunuch, mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting. There, there's, there's no indication that any miracle was performed. You know, he didn't prove... That, that Jesus was the Christ and that the message was true by working a miracle. Now, that happened. He had just previously done that in the city of Samaria, but he didn't do it with the Ethiopian eunuch. Instead, he found the Ethiopian eunuch reading from one of those beautiful prophetic statements about the Savior in Isaiah 53. The eunuch just happened to be reading that. Philip started there and, it, and, and explained to him 
that Jesus was the one the prophet was talking about. Uh, and, and the man became, uh, a, a Christian as a result of that. And, you know, so Philip was, was very capable of using Old Testament to prove the identity of Jesus. Uh, it says in Acts 8.35, Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. That scripture yeah. again had to be Old Testament. Well, right. we know it was Isaiah, Isaiah right. 53. Um, in the chat room, Grant Janey said, to understand the scheme of redemption, we need to study the Old Testament, land, nation, and seed promise. And, and I think that's right. You go all the way back to the book of Genesis. And Chapter you, and, 12. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you and you... And and really, even earlier than that, you start talking about the scheme of redemption for mankind and Jesus, you know, being the fulfillment of that. Yeah, exactly right. Thank you, Grant. Uh, let's see here. Uh, in regards to this, uh, Kent says Old Testament gives evidence of Jesus. He references Genesis three verse fifteen. You know the the, the first predictive prophecy of yeah, the that's Bible. What I was thinking about Genesis three fifteen is yeah. a prophecy about the coming of the Messiah. Right. Uh, the, uh, God told the serpent uh, that the seed of woman you will bruise his heel, he will bruise your head. In other words, Jesus would deliver the death blow to Satan. Uh, so the very first prophecy of the Old Testament included a prophecy about Jesus. He, Kent mentions Isaiah 53. It's, 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 uh, it's heartrending to read that text. It's beautiful, but it's heartrending because it tells of the horrible, undeserved suffering of the Savior. Uh, he mentions Daniel 7, verses 13 through 14. So all great uh, prophecies that that tell who uh, tell about the Savior, and then we compare it to Jesus, and we see it, uh, that he was who he said to be. Uh, let's see here. Uh, okay, I don't, I don't see anything there. So uh, anything else we need to add in? I think we're caught up. All right. Let's go to the next point. I don't think we'll get done with this before our next break. But studying the Old Testament is beneficial because it helps us to understand the nature of God. Uh, think about that, Josh. What, what, what's your takeaway? Well, um, in First Peter 3, uh, and, and really we use First Peter 3.21 to emphasize on baptism, but in verse 20, uh, it says, Which sometime were disobedient when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was a-preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls, were saved by water. The like figure, whereunto even baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, so I think we usually focus on verse 21, but verse 20 goes back to the example of Noah and says God was patient and he was very long-suffering in the days of Noah and he waited to, to send destruction. He was giving people an opportunity. Noah was a preacher of righteousness. I want to tell you, I'm glad we serve a patient God. I know, I know. Yeah, because yeah, one mistake it, and, and... Yeah. You know, so... We understand that the law of God has changed, but the basic nature and the and the divine characteristics of God are unchangeable. Law changes, but God doesn't change. So they lived under a different law. We live under the final dispensation of time as we serve under the law of Jesus Christ in the New Testament. But we're still serving the same God, and his basic nature is not changed. And so we can be very grateful that he's a long-suffering and patient God. James 5, verse 11 says, Ye have heard of the patience of Job and seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. That's great. The Lord's pitiful and of tender mercy. How do I know that? 
Well, James says because you've studied the case of Job. You've studied the Old Testament case of Job, and you can see, he says, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. In 1 Peter 3, where you were just reading, we learn about the patience and long-suffering of God from Noah's time. Another Old Testament example. So we we learn some incredibly valuable information about the nature of God from those Old Testament texts. Now, I'm going to tell you, there's a flip side to that coin. What yeah. do you think? Well, I mean, you know, Hebrews 10, 31 talks about it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Yeah. Uh, so you can you can reference the story of the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. You can, I mean, there's there's a, a lot of examples there, too, that where God, his patience eventually runs out and judgment will come. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there, like you said, there's the other side of that coin. Um, so he's patient to a point, and then eventually judgment will come. Yeah. Kent has, has done some good work here. We don't have time to read all the verses that he references, but he says the Old Testament reveals how we must properly understand God. He's omniscient, Job 38, Isaiah 46, 9 through 10. He's omnipotent, Psalms 8 and 19. He's omnipresent, 1 Kings 8, 27, Psalms 139, 7 through 10, Jeremiah 23, 23. And he's infinitely just, Psalm 89, verse 14. God is also infinite in holiness, Isaiah 6, verse 1 through 5. He's infinite in goodness, Psalm 145, verse 9. He's eternal and self-existent, Psalm 90, verse 2. He's unchangeable, Malachi 3, verse 6. And he is the creator of all things, Isaiah 47, verse 7. Or excuse me, Isaiah 45, verse 7. I think I might need to save that. That's a sermon uh, outline a right sermon. there. <laughs> yeah. Kit's giving us a sermon. I, I actually wonder if Kit went back to one of his old sermons and it pulled it. sounds like out. a good one. Yeah, it sounds like a really good one. Thank you, Kent. Really good stuff. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I, uh, let's see, I may have read some of this. Uh, Dwight says, I believe that we see how God dwelt with men of old, that we will be dwelt with in the same way though our obedience uh, through our obedience though we live under the new testament era john said in john jesus said in john twelve forty four, beginning jesus christ said he who believes in me does not believe in me but in him who sent me he who sees me sees the one who sent me i have come as light in the world so that anyone who believes in me will not remain in darkness if anyone hears my sayings and does not keep them i do not judge him for i did not come to judge the world but to save the world he who rejects me and does not receive my sayings has one who judges him the word i spoke is that which will judge him in the last time so dwight is making the same point god's going to deal with us like he dealt with the people of the Old Testament. He was long-suffering and patient, but he was ultimately just. There was an end to his patience, an end to his long-sufferingness, and he uh, eventually brought punishment on yeah. the disobedient. Yeah. Grant and Janie in the chat room said, Judgment of God came on the nation of Israel and Judah because of their continued wickedness. All right. I think that's really good. Thanks, Grant. All right. We're going to grab another break, uh, and when we get back with this break, we're going to continue to show that the New Testament urges us to study the Old Testament. It's not a waste of time to study the Old Testament. There's valuable lessons there for us. So we'll continue our discussion uh, after these breaks. Stay with us on the Virtual Bible Study. After these important messages, we'll be back to take your comments. Email them during this break. This is Stephen Nicholson, a member of the College View Church of Christ, and I want to invite you to be a regular participant on the Virtual Bible Study. Your input by way of emails and phone calls are always welcome during the live program. We're also open to your suggestions about possible topics for discussion on upcoming editions of the program. We'd love to hear from you anytime. 
This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. As the abortion debate continues to rage in our country, various arguments are offered in support of the right of women to have abortions on demand. Perhaps some of the people who take this position would rethink their endorsement if they studied the statistics that identify who gets abortions and why. The statistics tell us that less than 1% of all abortions are for victims of rape or incest. Approximately half of women who have abortions indicate that they do not want to be a single parent and or they are experiencing problems in their relationship with the father of the child. Two-thirds of those getting abortions state that they could not afford a child. 75% said that the child would interfere with their lives. And 81% of all abortions performed in the United States are on unmarried women. These statistics are quoted by Charles Swindle in his book, The Sanctity of Life. Several things are clear from these statistics. First, the argument that abortions must remain legal because of pregnancies resulting from rape and incest is absolutely bogus. Can anyone seriously maintain this view and justify the killing of millions of babies every year for the sake of a handful of rape or incest victims? Additionally, the health of the mother is seldom at risk in the modern age of medical technology. It is apparent that the vast majority of abortions are performed as a, quote, remedy for the consequences of immoral behavior. Unmarried individuals engage in fornication. A pregnancy results. They don't want to be bothered by an unwanted child. They claim they cannot afford the child. Some are honest enough to admit that having a baby would interfere with their own selfish lifestyles. Abortion is murder. Innocent children are being sacrificed to satisfy the desire of morally bankrupt people. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Colossians 3:17. Now back to the program. And we're back on the Virtual Bible Study. We want to remind you that the Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. If you'd like to learn more about the College View Church, go to our website, collegeview.com. Remember, College View spelled funny, C-O-L-L-E-G-E, College View, V-U-E, collegeview.com. Go there and find out more about us and also find just a, a, a trove of uh, archived information, sermons, Bible studies. Kyle, Kyle's our webmaster there. He keeps us updated on all that stuff. Tell us about it, Kyle. Yeah, which it's a College View live stream, which if you're on YouTube, just type in College View. should be the first thing to pop up there. So it's uh, tons of studies. Yeah, we're going through our Old Testament characters on uh, Wednesday nights, right? Uh, we yeah, studied, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Doing some good studies. Book of Luke on really, the life of Jesus yeah. on Sunday morning. So a lot of good studies. So those Bible, Bible studies stuff. are there, and then also two yeah. sermons every week That's are it. there. Yeah. I mean, you'd have, if you think about that, you'd have almost four hours worth of weekly Bible study resource if you just watch those videos every week. I think if you add the entire, which you can, it takes you a little while to go through the entire virtual Bible study catalog there. So if you can just, yeah, there's a lot of stuff there. You have a lot of resources. So I hadn't really thought about it that way, Kyle, but basically, if, if you know, so here's a guy who says, I just need to spend more time studying the Bible. Okay, that's a good thing. We're going to give you five hours opportunity. Yeah. We're going to give An you. An hour a day, Monday through Friday, we got uh, you we, Yeah. You could do it. So Sunday morning Bible class, Sunday morning sermon, Sunday night sermon, Wednesday night Bible class, and the virtual Bible study. We got you covered for an hour, five days out of the week. I mean, that's pretty good, isn't it? It is. It is. (laughs) All right. All right. Thanks, Cal. Thanks for your work on all of that. All right. So we're talking about reasons given in the New Testament why we ought to study the Old Testament. Uh, Let me just recap the ones we've talked about so far. 
It's because we're supposed to imitate the examples of godly people in the Old Testament. It's because we're supposed to avoid the examples of those who were disobedient. It's because the Old Testament testifies of Jesus. And it's because the Old Testament helps us understand the nature of God. Here's the next point. You've got to study the Old Testament, Josh, or you're not going to understand the New Testament. Yeah, Isn't that right? It is. It is. So I, I was thinking of Hebrews 10. Uh, Hebrews 10 and verse 1 says, For the law having the shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect. Verse 4 says, For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. What would I know about the blood of bulls yeah. and goats? Yeah, if, if we didn't study what the does Old that Testament, mean? it wouldn't mean anything to us. Yeah. Yeah, so I, it's so important because then it starts talking about Jesus in verse 10. It says uh, that by the which... Uh, will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all, uh, and then it talks about in verse eleven the priest uh, standeth daily ministering, offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But this man Jesus, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. So we really, I don't think we can really appreciate what Jesus did and what he is doing now if we don't understand the Old Testament. You couldn't, you couldn't appreciate Jesus, but on the, but even. At a more fundamental level than that, you couldn't understand what the Hebrew writers talk about right, at all. Right. Forgiveness of sin and, and sacrifices. Yeah. And, I, I, had, I, I was thinking along the same line, Josh. I had an example from Hebrews 5, beginning verse 1. For every high priest chosen from among men is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God to offer gifts and sacrifices for sin. What's the high priest? <laughs> what is that? And then he goes on in that same text. He says, no one takes this honor for himself, but only when called by God, just as Aaron was. Uh, who, who was Aaron anyway? So also Christ did not exalt himself to be made a high priest, but was appointed by him who said to him, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. As he says also in another place, you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek? <laughs> What's that about? You know, so really, I mean, you if you're not going to study your Old Testament, you may just as well tear the book of Hebrews out of your yeah. New Testament because you're not going to make any sense out of that at all. Right? Yeah. yeah. So I think that is really uh, an important consideration. Uh, Kent says a proper understanding of the Old Testament is necessary in understanding the New. And he mentions, I think, a really good text in Galatians chapter 3. In Galatians chapter 3, beginning verse 21, it says, is the law then against the promise of God? The law is talking about the Old Testament law. He says, God forbid, for if there had been a law given which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. But the scripture hath concluded all under the scriptures, Old Testament scripture, hath concluded all under sin that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, the Old Testament law, shut up into the faith which should afterward be revealed. Wherefore, the law, the Old Testament law, was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith has come, we are no longer under the schoolmaster. And so he says that the Old Testament served a very valuable purpose and 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 prepared things for the ultimate salvation offered by Jesus Christ. Yeah, I think he's exactly right. Good point, Kent. Uh, and Dwight says, studying the Old Testament is, is also part of his will. He gave us the Old Testament to provide us with insight to his will for those in that time and to show us how he expected to be reverenced. Although the Old, although the Old Testament came to an end, Hebrews eight thirteen, 
It provided us with stories of how people lived, how they overcame their trials. It gave us stories of faithfulness as well as stories of lies and deceit, all of which we still have today just under a new and better law. Okay, thank you, Dwight, for that. All right, so I really do think it's essential, and I hope we we can make that point, uh, stress it very much, that you've got to study the Old Testament and be a pretty diligent student of the Old Testament, uh, uh, Josh, in order to understand a lot of things mentioned in the New Testament. For instance, that business about Melchizedek, that, yeah. you, you're going to you're have to study your Old Testament pretty thoroughly because the reference to Melchizedek is very brief in the Old right. Testament. I mean, you're not just going to get a big, broad overview of the Old Testament and learn anything about Melchizedek. You're going to dive in yeah. there. But then it's so profound once you figure out prophet, priest, and king and how Jesus is prophet, priest, and king. Yeah, it's so profound. Exactly right. All right. The next reason that the New Testament gives why we should study the Old Testament is that it makes us wise. Oh, I want to to be a wise fellow, don't you? I mean, that seems reasonable. Uh, uh, We need the Old Testament in order to have wisdom in spiritual matters. Here's the text I'm thinking of, 2 Timothy 3, 14 and 15. Timothy was told, continue thou, this is 2 Timothy 3, 14 beginning, continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation which uh, through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Timothy. From a child, thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. What scriptures would Timothy have known when he was a child? Had to be Old Testament scriptures, right? Notice the Old Testament scriptures are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So the Old Testament scriptures are are beneficial for wisdom toward our salvation. Though we live under the, 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 the new era, the Christian age, it's still... A valuable thing to make us wise. Yeah. Don't you think verse 16 where it says all scripture, I mean, don't you think that includes the Old Testament scriptures? I oh, mean, I, do. I mean, it's not our, it's not the law that we live under, but the old, I, th- I think he's talking about the old and the new. It's all given by inspiration and it, and it's profitable. And so for a person, I was just thinking for a person to come along and say, well, it's, it's a waste of time. Well, yeah. I, the inspired apostle Paul said it's profitable. Yeah. Uh, I, I think a literal translation of that is, Every the scripture means things written, and he says everything written is breathed by God. Yeah. I mean, here's here's a message from God. Now understand, we understand that we don't live under the law. That law has been superseded by a superior law that we live under in the New Testament. But that still was breathed out by God. It's valuable revelation. You got to understand it. You got to. You know, uh, Paul said, rightly dividing the word of truth. We've got to make the distinctions between the parts that apply to us and the parts that don't. But there's still great things to learn there. And it makes us wise into salvation. Yeah. And it's impressive. Timothy was an impressive young man. Uh, and Paul sort of took him under his wing. And he uh, was wise, to your point, from learning the Old Testament scriptures. And then when the New Testament era came, then he, you know, he, he learned that. But his basis or his foundation of wisdom was based on the Old Testament. Yeah, Kit says a proper study of the Old Testament assists us in making us wise. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 11 says, 
Now, all these things happen to them, for example, and they're written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world will come. We looked at that text earlier. He had just referenced a lot of things that happened to and with the, the, the children of Israel in the Old Testament. And he says it's written for our learning. All right, great. Okay, we got a couple more points we want to hit as we uh, go to the top of the hour. We're going we're gonna to grab a, uh, our last break, and when we get back from this, we want to talk about how it helps to make us mature spiritually, how we, how we will mature spiritually and be prepared if we study our Old Testament. We'll get to that and go to the top of the hour right after these, these messages. Did you hear what they just said? Call in during this break and let everyone know what you think. The virtual Bible study continues after this announcement. We're tracking the trends on the virtual Bible study. A new Gallup survey reveals that the share of Americans who have donated to religious organizations remains at an all-time low. 44% of Americans surveyed in 2021 reported that they donated money to a religious organization in the previous 12 months. That's an all-time low since Gallup first began asking Christians about their religious donations and donating habits back in 2001. The share of Americans who donated money to a religious organization reached a high of 64% in 2005 and has either held steady or declined in the years since. That information is via the Christian Post. The Word of God says in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7, Every man according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. I'm Greg Gwynn, a host of the Virtual Bible Study. Thanks for joining us for tonight's program. The Virtual Bible Study is presented weekly by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Each week on the Virtual Bible Study, we simply engage in the study of God's Word in an effort to better understand it, better understand how God views us, and better understand what He wants from us in our lives. We're not studying any creeds. We're not studying any books written by men. We're just studying the Bible. And we're trying to study the Bible alone without any of our opinions or wisdom mixed in. We're only interested in what our Creator has revealed to us in his word. We realize that we're fallible and cannot direct our own steps. As a result, what we think or feel doesn't really matter. All that matters is what God has said. So that's what the virtual Bible study is all about. It's pretty simple, isn't it? Thanks again for joining us tonight, and we'll hope you'll make plans to join us every Thursday night for the virtual Bible study. Use your internet connection for something good. Listen to the virtual Bible study every week. Now back to the program. And we're back on the virtual Bible study. Going to the top of the hour, talking about reasons given in the New Testament for studying the Old Testament. Josh just pointed out that in your email, if you were trying to respond to our email, we actually repeated a point. So we'll skip that. So our last point here that we have is that studying the Old Testament will help us mature spiritually and be prepared. Now, I had a verse in mind for that, and... Grant in the chat room has come up with the same verse, Romans 15, verse 4. Whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and coverage of the Scripture might have hope. So the things that were written aforetime is obviously talking about what's written in the Old Testament, written for our learning, uh, that we through patience and the comfort of the Scriptures, Old Testament Scriptures, might have hope. And so... Uh, again, that that's that's a New Testament statement bearing out the value of studying the Old Testament. Yeah, um, I was thinking, so back there in Romans 4, um, so it it's, uh, says verse 22, therefore it was imputed. So, so there's a whole lot being talked about. It was imputed to him for righteousness. Now it was not written for, 
Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also, to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. So he's really, he's comparing, uh, you know, uh, he, he's up here talking about um, under the law, how there was transgression, and he talks about how if if you believe, if you have faith, he talks about Sarah, um, uh, how that they staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. And anyway, I, I just think it's interesting you mentioned in that, that it wasn't just written for them, but it's written for us too. Uh, and, and, you know, so... Yeah, so the things that were written aforetime were written for our learning. Very good. I want to go back to that text that you referenced just a minute ago, Josh, in 2 Timothy three sixteen and 17. All Scripture. Now, that's a blanket statement. I think it does apply to the New Testament and the Old Testament. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction, righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. The word perfect there means full-grown or mature or complete. And so Scripture is given that we can be mature, complete, uh, that we can be furnished unto every good. If it's a good work and you need to be doing it, the Scriptures will tell you about that. But, uh, you know, if if we want to be mature, full-grown, perfect, we're going to be students of the Scripture, all the Scripture, both Old and New Testament. So, uh, again... I hope that those reasons, let me just read through those reasons again. We actually gave seven of them, we listed eight in our email. Here's the reasons we find in the New Testament why we should be studying the Old Testament. Number one, because we are to imitate the examples of godly people, and the Old Testament records lots of them. Number two, we are to avoid the examples of those who are disobedient. Sadly, there's a lot of those mentioned in the Old Testament, too. Number three, the Old Testament testifies of Jesus. It helps us to prove that he is the promised Messiah, the only begotten Son of God. And without the Old Testament, we would we would be shorthanded in regards to the evidence that we can use to prove that. Number four, it helps us understand the nature of God. He's patient. He's long-suffering, but he's also infinitely just. He punishes. He, he eventually punishes those who are disobedient and will not repent. Number five, it's necessary in order to understand the New Testament. If you don't have the Old Testament, if you don't study it, then you're not going to be able to understand a lot of things that the New Testament talks about. Number six, it makes us wise. Number seven, it helps us mature spiritually and be prepared uh, in our spiritual battle. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Let me go to what Kent said. I I thought Kent really gave a good summary of this. He says, a proper study of the Old Testament will help us better understand the New Testament in that a study of the Old Testament gives us a clear development of God's scheme of redemption. We can can trace such from sin being introduced in the Garden of Eden to the first promise of redemption, along with the promises made to Abraham insofar as the nation promise, the land promise, the seed promise. When one consistently studies this scheme, one will find that Christ fulfilled this plan that has been developed by God and made operative through his death, burial, and resurrection, ascension, as well as the establishment of his spiritual kingdom, the New Testament church, thus providing for all accountable individuals the offer of salvation from the condemnation of sin. I think that's really good the way that Ken has said that, because that's what the Bible really is. It's the development of God's plan for saving mankind. And we see all the pieces coming together. You know, we live in a really... Uh, blessed time in history, Josh, in that we have the, the whole picture. And we got all the puzzle pieces and they fit together. You know, uh, the, 
it wasn't always so uh, that that men had the advantage to see things as clearly as we do. I, I was thinking about, uh, uh, let's see here, in First Peter chapter two. Uh, is First uh, Peter chapter two verse nine. Peter says, "Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls." Of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify, when it testified beforehand of the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. Unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. So I, I think this is interesting. Peter says, he tells us, the Old Testament prophets, when they were prophesying, they wondered, what's this about? Yeah. Is, 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 it, is it about, is this something for us? And, and so the Old Testament prophets were prophesying things that they didn't even fully understand. We can now look back in hindsight and see perfectly the meaning of everything that they were being uh, inspired to write. We live in a privileged time, and we're and we're not taking advantage of the time we live in if we don't avail ourselves of those Old Testament scriptures. Yeah. Well, when you were talking about that, I was thinking of Hebrews eleven thirteen. It, it says, "These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth." So, you know, even even the people listed in that Hebrews eleven, the Hall of Fame of Faith, didn't they weren't seeing it. I mean, they could see it far off by faith. But they hadn't received the promises. Exactly And right. we can look back and see it. Uh, Grant in the chat room says, Much can be learned from how God deals with nations by studying the minor prophets of the Old Testament. You know, we've been, in our daily Bible readings, we've been reading some of the minor prophets. And uh, I, I think just uh, today or yesterday, I can't remember whether I read that this morning or yesterday. <laughs> I think it was yesterday. The whole book of Nahum. We had to read the whole book of Nahum. Three chapters, but it it was specifically God's pronouncement of judgment on the Assyrian Empire, uh, the capital city Nineveh, and uh, you know we we learned. I, I was talking to someone just this evening. We learned that God do, God does not tolerate wicked nations. He never has, and that's a big warning sign for us today in our nation. If we turn from God, He will not allow us to endure. He never has, and we can learn that from studying. The Old Testament, as Grant says. Uh, I ask, uh, as a follow-up to our update list, I ask, do you see any other additional reasons for studying the Old Testament? And Kit has supplied one here. He says, an additional reason for studying the Old Testament is that such assists us in seeing that God has always provided a means of grace for those who accept and obey his conditions. I think that's pretty interesting. It, it, it kind of links to the point we were making earlier, Josh, about God being a patient, long-suffering God. But God has always been that way. If people, even if sinful people would turn to him, turn back to him, God would forgive and spare them. Yeah. You know, a classic example of that is in the book of Jonah in the Old Testament. Again, to what Grant was saying in the chat room about we learn how God dealt with nations. Well, the Old Testament book of Jonah the book of Jonah is the prophet of God going to a to a non-Israelite nation they, he was going to Nineveh he was going to the Assyrians 
Uh, he didn't want to go because he wanted God to punish the Assyrians. But he ended up getting there. We know we know how that story goes. He ended up getting there, and he preached, and the and, and the Ninevites repented. God spared yeah. them. God has always been that way. Now they, that didn't last indefinitely. They ultimately became wicked and were punished uh, by God, and brought down. But that's that is a repeated history in the Old Testament. God has always made available a means to be reconciled to him through his mercy and grace. And and that's a that's a great thing to know about God. Yeah. Well, I thought of another one. Okay. Uh, in Hebrews 11, 3, it says, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. So studying the, the Old Testament book of Genesis, we learn about how we got here in the first place and how powerful God is that he, he created. So maybe that's not that's not under the law, the old law, but the Old Testament. You know, that's a really good point. You know, we would not have an answer to one of those yeah. most basic questions of life yeah. is where did I, where did we come from? Yeah, so it sets us up from the beginning, though. God's so powerful that he created us knowing that we have that powerful creator so the law that he's going to give to us we ought to obey him i mean it sort of sets everything up for us in the beginning now even if we didn't have that we've got enough to obey him but but yeah i mean it's so important just to start us off on the right foot from the get-go all right uh great study uh i think i think an important study and again hopefully none of us would ever make the mistake of saying ah studying the old testament is a waste of time it's, it's really not very valuable. Kyle, any final thoughts? Well, you know, the story of the Old Testament, not, it's just on the marriage itself. It's a great story. It's a story of God's plan from the beginning down through until we get to Jesus and his fulfillment of the prophecy. It's just, it's a fantastic to read and it's get a the good, background. As they it's, say, it's a good read. It is. <laughs> it's a, it's read. a heartbreaking read, yeah. the story of the nation of Israel. Yeah. And this there. It's, just, yeah. it's, it's a good story to know about where it all came from. It's a good study. Thanks, Kyle. It's Josh, thanks, final Gary. thoughts? No, no, I think we covered it. All right. <laughs> well, uh, thanks to you all who've been listening to the Virgin Bible Study who, or who might listen to us in the archive version. We appreciate your uh, help and participation in the Virgin Bible Study. And we want to remind you that this program will be back next Thursday night, Lord willing, same time, same place. Until that time, read, study your Bible every day. Live by it. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.